0: Good morning hi my name is Dominique and would you guys stand up for the scripture reading today's readings are from revelations 22 16 to 17 and isaiah 55 verses 1 to 5 revelation 22 16 to 17 I Jesus have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star the spirit and the bride say come and let the one who hears say come let the one who is thirsty come and let the one who wishes to take a free the free gift of water of life Isaiah 55 verses 1 to 5 come all you who are thirsty come to the waters and you who have no money come buy and eat come buy wine and milk without money and without cost why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy listen listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight within the richest affair give ear and come to me listen that you may live I will make an everlasting covenant with you my faithful love promised to David see I have made him a witness to the peoples a ruler and commander of the peoples surely you will summon nations you know not and nations you do not know will come running to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor.
1: Would you please remain standing as we pray, Lord, you are good. And as we consider and think about 2018, Lord, would you reorganize our lives? Would you, in your spirit, your presence, Lord, be here so fully drawing us near to you so that when we become closer to you, we would then draw other people closer to you, your ways, your presence, we pray this in your name father son and holy spirit and all god's people shouted amen, amen. you may be seated Today is the conclusion of a a quick three-week sermon series. Uh, By the way, next week, we're going to start a series in the Psalms, and it's going to be weeks and weeks and weeks of the Psalms and praying through the Psalms. But today is the conclusion of looking at 2018 and saying, let us reach. The, The sermon series is called Reach, where we have talked about serving, find one place to serve. Last week, David Martin was here, Sarah's husband who led worship, and he talked about, let's share, let's. Let's find one person. And maybe we find one person, one at a time, and we tell them, we find a place and a time to tell them about the good news of Jesus Christ. And today, this final, uh, today is the final sermon in this series is invite. Let's invite people to church. Invite one to church. And we're talking about this. We will remind us as a congregation throughout this year, 2018, that we are, this year is about reaching out from ourselves, that this church is about something much bigger than ourselves, that we are to reach the city. That is the command that Jesus gave to us to, to serve and to tell and to invite into this place. Invitations are powerful. That's the first point today. Point one of point, there's three points. Invitations are powerful. Think about a young man asking a young lady out on a date pretty powerful right thats invitations are powerful i get an amen from back there great i uh, think about like a couple asking another couple over to their house for dinner to invite them into their lives that's a big deal when that happens think about a boss inviting an employee out for lunch think about a group of guys asking uh, another guy hey do you want to in, in, in be invited to join us on an adventure we're going to go uh, climbing or hiking or fishing as some guys went, and i went yesterday inviting people in to do life together. Invitations are important. I remember uh, as a kid, a- little kids birthday parties are really important little invitations and you give them out I remember being invited to a pizza party when I was in fifth grade and it just changed the whole course of that year for me it was the beginning of the year I thought oh nobody likes me I'm just poor little Joe and a friend that I sat next to invited me to his pizza party and it was just like eight kids in a, in a booth at Pizza Hut and their parents were at a booth next to us and we just giggled and we laughed and we stuck things up our nose for the whole dinner and the waitress came Over and say, Can you guys keep it down? There's other patrons here. And we just lost it. Like, what's a patron? That's so dumb. Who's a patron? And we just, it just had so much fun being invited. In fact, uh, Jay, who's in first grade now, last year, kindergarten, one of the rules was, and maybe it's still a rule, maybe it's a school, right? Maybe it's a worldwide rule. But if you invite other kids, so if in the class you have a bunch of invitations, you can't just give them out to some kids, you have to give them out to all the kids. That was like one of the rules. Because why? Because invitations are powerful. Invitations are very powerful. If you get left out, when I mean, you feel that. And so today, we are going to be looking at, first, the, the invitation that the Lord gives to us. We read Revelation, the very last chapter, the very last book of the Bible, the last chapter. Some of the last words are saying, from Jesus to us, the spirit and the bride say, come, you are invited. And we also read, and I'll come back to this at the end, Isaiah 55 that says, it's the Lord's invitation. Come, all who are thirsty. If you're hungry, if you're thirsty for for spiritual, for life water, Come and purchase purchase things, food and, and, and drink. Purchase it without cost. You don't need to bring anything. Just come is what the spirit of the Lord and the spirit and the bride say, come. So this, um, this sermon should be fairly simple. It's basically just saying, "Let's invite people to church." I mean, if we really get down to like a, what are we supposed to bring home? What are we supposed to write down? Like what's the takeaway here? Just invite people to church. It's something that should come very naturally. It's something that should come very easily. Should we practice now, would you turn to a neighbor and say, "You want to come to church with me?") <laughs> And you could, next week, you're already here now, so obviously, next week, and even better, you could say, turn to your neighbor and say, I'll save you a seat. I'll save you a seat. You guys are great. So that's sermon over, right? Like easy peasy. Uh, and we even have in the back, because we, we just give you resources back there. We have, I think I even have, I always have them on me. So I have like, you're invited. We have probably enough. There's not very many people in here this morning, maybe because of the snow, but thank you for being here. We probably have enough for every single person here to take a hundred of these, because we got so many. We really do have so many of these. And it's just, your invited cards, and it has our address on it. It has our time, and it's informational. It's like, yeah, you want to come? You, you want to f- uh Figure out where we meet. It's yeah, There's a road closed. Yeah, you want to keep going on that. And then there's a parking lot that's not really shoveled. Yeah, you'll want to go in there. And then come on in. You're invited to church. This is our informational card. And I think there's something very different. And here's where I'm going with this. You could write this down. Some of you are taking notes. And write this down. There's a big difference between information and invitation. Big difference between information and an invitation. We have a sign like right now. I can probably see it if the if the window is open on Manitou Ave, it says, You're invited 10 a.m. and that's informational and and crazy enough. Like people, I could think of five people in the in the last year that have come to New Life Manitou just because they were driving by or walking by and saw that silly sign that says you're invited 10 a.m. and they just came. So that's that's kind of cool that that works. But usually that does not work. There is something very different and much more important. <coughs> (coughs) about an invitation versus information. Let me say it like this and and quote some stats, if some of you are like stats. There's something called, which was news to me, there's an American Institute of Church Growth. I didn't know that exists. Apparently it does. And they, uh, I guess they sent out... uh, uh, like a, a questionnaire to ten thousand people. That's that's a big number. It's enough people to get accurate results. So they asked ten thousand churchgoers. So so if you're a churchgoer, that means you go. If you say, do you go to church every week? Yes, I go every week. Maybe you miss one, a couple weeks here and there. But they asked 10,000 churchgoers that go every single week. And the, the, the churchgoers also had to say, yes, I'm born again. I believe in Jesus. I have dedicated my life to Jesus. And one of the questions was this. They said, well, what originally made you want to come to church like you you eventually you know now you're a church goer you believe in Jesus and the message the the Christian message and the the messages the church is saying what originally brought you to church and got you started on that journey Well, here's some of the stats. 2% said uh, that they had a special need at that time in their life. I think maybe sometimes people come to church for the first time in a long time or come to church first time ever for a wedding or for a funeral, and they came, and then just something just stuck, and they're like, I need this in my life. I need God in my life. 3%, I thought this was kind of a high percent, 3% just walked in. Like one day they see that church is going on, and they just walk in one day. 6% said that they liked the minister. It's like, oh, I thought that would be a little higher than 6%. Just kidding. I, I thought it would be. I, I was kind of surprised. Like, wow, the other the the other average ministers must be a lot nicer and cooler than I am because six percent of all all these people polled liked the minute that that's what got them coming. Three uh, percent said they uh, came originally for some sort of program, like they came uh, maybe the church put on a VBS vacation Bible school for the kids or something. And three percent of all those people said they came because of that. And this this one was really really low in my mind. I thought this one would be much higher, but uh, revival meetings or a crusade. um, uh, Years ago, Billy Graham crusades were very popular. I I happen to have gone to a Franklin Graham crusade. Uh, Franklin is Billy Graham's son. And it was pretty cool. It's like the stadium full of people. Uh, Franklin Graham spoke a message and said, if you want to accept Christ, come on down to the stadium floor. And I was just like, whoa, like everyone started, like hundreds of people started walking down to the floor and Franklin Graham led them through a prayer. And I said, wow, what a cool day. What a cool event. Uh, tons of people must come to the Lord through those kind of revival kind of uh, meetings. But according to this study, only 0.5, only half of a percent of all the people polled said that, yeah, that, that was my story. Like I went to a revival meeting like that. Comes down to this last number that I want to share with you. 79% said that they originally came to church. They became a churchgoer. They, they believed in Jesus. Why? Because they were invited by a friend or a family member. 79. So if there's 100 people in here, 79 of us originally came to church. Why? Because some friend, some relative invited us in. That's huge. Not just a church but to to the kingdom of God. So as we talk about, the the practicality is here, is invite people to church. Invite people to New Life Man or two. This is your home church. Invite people here. Invite them with you. Don't just be informational and say, hey, you need to go to church, but instead say, come with me to church. Be invited to church, and not just church for church's sake, but for the kingdom of God. I want to share with you a story, and this to warn you, this story is... Uh, it, it's it's a very dark story and it's gonna come in two parts and I'm gonna leave us at the fir- first part of the story as a pretty dark place but I promise you that the story actually has a miracle ending. It's not going to seem like that when I conclude this first half of the story, but it's a miracle story. This, 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 this guy is doing well. I just found him on Facebook and requested him to be a friend and we'll see if he, it looks like his profiles uh, hasn't been updated in a while, but, but to say that this is actually a miracle story, even though it's not going to seem like that. Um, It's a very dark story to warn you. So years ago, uh, as like the late seventies, a kid was walking home from school and this is every parent's worst nightmare. Someone came up to this kid and, and said, uh, Hey, I want to get your dad a Christmas present. This was the last day of school before Christmas break, five days before school. This man approached this 10 year old boy and said, I want to get your dad a Christmas present. Would you help me get your dad this Christmas present and put on a party for your dad? And for some reason, the, the kid, unfortunately, uh, at, And as a parent, this just scares you to death. The kid did not take the heed of not talking to strangers. Instead, the kid went with the guy. And they got into his RV, and they went into the woods. Uh, Like I said, this is a worst nightmare, a parent's worst nightmare, a kid's worst nightmare. And the man had evil, evil intentions. And he took out an ice pick, and he stabbed this little kid in the back and stabbed him in the chest several times. And he brought him in Florida to the Everglades in the deep, remote uh, places on the, on the dirt roads. And by side of the road, he he took this kid out of the RV, and then he proceeded to shoot this kid in the head, in the in the left temple of the head. And he left them there. And and somehow, I'm going to come back to the story. There is a miracle here, and there is good news. So I will hold us there in the story. And say that this, that this is the second point, second of three points, is this. An invitation to the kingdom of God is the best invitation. An invitation to the kingdom of God is the best invitation. And we'll come back to that story, and this point will be well wrapped in and why I shared that story. But let's not overcomplicate things. Church is a place where the kingdom of God prevails. The The, the, the Lord is worshipped here. And I think oftentimes as Christians, we overcomplicate things. And I I looked this week at Christian articles and Christian blogs on inviting people to church because just as part of like thinking through this sermon, and it's pretty overwhelming. Like everyone has something to say uh, about this, which kind of thinks like, I think we overcomplicate this, this, this whole thing. There was a blog called Seven Ways to Invite People to Church. Another blog called Why You Should Never Invite People to Church Until You've Invited Them to Your home. Uh, Another entry said, the 19 ways to invite people to church. It's a lot more than seven. That's a lot of like, why do you need 19? Just say, come to church for goodness sakes. Um, Another called the real reasons we don't invite people to church. Another one called personal invitations to church are the most effective. Uh, Another one called the art of giving an invitation to church. Another one said, said, it's like a question, why should I even bother inviting someone to church? And uh, finally, another article saying how an invitation to church can change a life. So we, I think as Christians, we, we've we over-analyzed this thing about church and inviting people to church, the 19 ways to invite people to church. Just invite them to church, for goodness sakes. If you really believe in what happens here, is first and foremost a place to worship God. If we are here because the Lord and the Lord first, then then it'll just come out of us naturally. It should just come out of us naturally. I think about guys, uh, at least like I kind of like adventures and doing things, and and to do those things like uh, climbing or fishing or hiking, I kind of need gear. And I think about guys who are into gear. Any guys into gear? come on, okay, let's okay. see your hand, Tim, he's a gear guy, and if you found like a piece of gear that really works, a fishing pool that's so much better than another fishing pool, you'll just naturally sell it, you're like, I know you have that fishing pool, but here, use mine real quick, this is amazing, it's got all these cool little gadgets and things, you'll just talk about it, and you'll just, you'll, it'll just come out of you naturally, and I think if you really love the Lord, you really love his people, you really love a place on Sundays like this to worship the Lord, then it'll just come out of you and you will just naturally invite people and maybe all we need sometimes is reminders and and maybe a little like yes yeah invite them to church and let's let's talk about this let's remind each other because this is important this is the kingdom of God at work Jesus tells a parable about inviting people, he says many times throughout the gospels, he says, the kingdom of God is like, and then he starts telling a story. One of those times in Matthew 22, he says, the kingdom of God is like, and then he says, a king that has a son and he wants to put on a banquet, a wedding banquet for his son. Imagine like if there was a king, if a man or two had a king and the king had a son and there was a big wedding and you got invited, would you go? Yeah, to the king's, of course you would. And so in this parable, Jesus says, says the king sends out invitations. And I imagine uh, the the kind of, it's hinting at like the kind of people a king would invite, other dignitaries, the rich, the famous. He sends the invitations out and guess who doesn't come? Every, no one comes. Nobody comes. A kind of a double negative there. No one comes to this party that the king throws. And Jesus says that's what the kingdom of God is like. There's a little bit more to this parable, but I want to encourage you because I invite, just kind of being a pastor, uh, I, I get to invite people a lot to church because people, you say, oh, Hi, I'm Joe. Hi, I'm so and so. And then what's the next question? what do you do? And I say, oh, I'm a pastor. And, and there's like, oh, cool. Where are you a pastor? I was a new life Manitou. It's, it's in Manitou. And then I, I pull out my card that I have, or maybe I lost it already. Where's my, in, you're invited. I invite them to church. I probably invite, uh, maybe two or three people a week to church. And yet not that many people come. And, and I think to, to encourage us, well, that's sometimes what the kingdom of God is like. A king with the son who's getting married and the invitations go out and, nobody's, and nobody comes. But the parable goes on to say, well, servants, why don't you just go out to the streets? And, and the connotation here is just go to anybody, kind of go to the, the, the people that society has deemed the nobodies, Go out and just invite everybody you can and compel them to come to this banquet until the banquet is busting out at the seams, until the banquet is totally full. And that's what happens. That's what the kingdom of God is like. The Lord's invitation going to people who are in need. The Lord's invitation to come. All who are thirsty, come. Let me start back with this story that I had had left us off with. There's a kid who had been stabbed and shot. He's, he's, on, the, he's on some distant Florida ever, Everglades, alligator-infested Everglades. And I can't imagine, but somehow six days later, a hunter drives through the woods and sees a kid's body. And he goes over, and there is light. This kid is still alive somehow. Some miracle, this kid is still alive. His name is Chris Carrier. And uh, this, this happened years ago. The hunter rushes this kid to the hospital and by some miracle, he survives. By some miracle, that he, even though he was shot in the head, his brain was not injured. He's fully functional. He did lose his the sight in his left eye and his face is a little deformed, but not much. And imagine this, imagine this miracle that, that what the Lord intended for horrible harm, like somehow what, 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 he, what this accuser attended for horrible harm, the Lord somehow provided a miracle, and this kid is still alive. And imagine the time, this, this kid is just 10 years old, imagine the horror that this kid had to go through with PTSD, imagine um, thinking through, like, just, just thinking, this guy is still out there, this, this abductor is still out there, and the fear this kid had to live with. Well, fast forward five years, this kid goes through horrible depression, as you could only imagine. And when he's 15 years old, an invitation goes out, a simple invitation to a church, barbecue, uh, fire, and hayride. So a hayride and a fire. Like, no big deal. An invitation goes out. They invite this kid, Chris. He goes, and while he's there, he ends up, he'll write about it later and say, that was the most fun I had had from the time I was abducted until I was 50. That was the the most fun I ever had. And he says that that night he felt comfortable enough around the fire for the very first time to open up and share that story with the other kids about his abduction. And an invitation, a spiritual invitation that night, goes out amongst these church people at a campfire says Chris would you like to accept Jesus would, would you like to be invited into this kingdom of God and he says yes and he prays the prayer he goes on to become uh, not just a very strong Christian but a, a missionary he goes on to become a, uh, someone who is into counseling counseling other people that have gone through uh, PTSD things and he lives his life he gets married he has kids I think I saw on his Facebook page he has two girls and a boy and just a few years ago 20-something, um, 20 22 years later after he had become a Christian, he gets a phone call from a detective that says, there's an old man, a 77-year-old man in Miami that has just admitted to being your abductor. What? And he, Chris says, well, I, I want to go see him. And so Chris goes to see this man, and I can't imagine the conversation that that just like it just be he he recognizes him from his childhood, but he was different. And here's this man, seventy seven years old, about to die in a nursing home. Chris goes home and tells his family, and they commit to praying for this guy, this guy that abducted him years and years before. And they commit to going and visiting this guy. Like this, the spirit of the God, uh, the spirit of of repentance and asking for forgiveness well, must have been there in some miraculous way. And one Sunday afternoon, this this now man who was a kid who had been abducted prays with this criminal to receive Christ. An invitation goes out, and with hands held around a nursing home, this kid who's now an adult that was abducted leads this criminal to the Lord, and not too long after that, he passes away. What a miracle story. And it starts with a simple invitation to a hayride that changes this young kid's life, this kid named Chris, all because a simple invitation to come to a hayride and a campfire at a church. God is the great inviter. We could only thank God for how that horrible story ends up, that what uh, this guy, what maybe the devil intended for evil, the Lord intended somehow for good. God is the great inviter. This is the third and final point I will leave us with. I want to read parts of what uh, Dominique read for us. This passage in Isaiah, it says that come all who are thirsty. I remember... Reading through this passage, as uh, when I was in the college ministry, uh, some of you remember the anybody remember the mill? A couple of hands. So it was a, it was think about like the heydays of this college ministry at New Life Church North, who, where I was a, one of the pastors. I was one of the associate pastors for years and years. And one of the years, there was uh, an even bigger attendance for a, a mill fall retreat. There was something like 500 people. And I think the camp only hold, held like 400 people. So don't tell the camp that we were over fire code. And there was kid, there was people sleeping on the floors. And it, just, it was just a crazy, good, fun weekend. And so many people came. Uh, I think about all the single guys that came, just because there was hundreds of single girls that came. I think about people that just talked about previous years and said, oh, it's so much fun. They got a zip line. They got swimming pools that are heated. They got this and that. And so people just came because it was the place to be hundreds of young adults and college students at this retreat. And I remember um, prophetically the, the word of the Lord coming over our, our then leader of the, the mill, Aaron Stern. And one meeting, uh, one morning, the Saturday morning, there was an optional prayer meeting. And he started reading this passage in Isaiah and just, he could not get through it because the spirit of the Lord was so heavy and he thought, you know, here's all these young adults and they've come for whatever reason. You know, they've come maybe just thinking they're going to have a fun weekend, but there's so much more of an invitation. There's an invitation into the kingdom of God. And he reads, come all who are thirsty, come to the waters. You who have no money, come and buy and eat. It goes on to say, you don't even need money, just come. Verse two says, listen, listen to me. This is the Lord speaking. Listen to me, eat what is good and you will delight in the riches fair. Come, give ear and come to me. The Lord is not forceful with his invitations. The Lord is, is seemingly just quiet and saying, come. And, and the Lord doesn't say, yeah, go, go find the way, go find good righteous paths. Instead, the Lord says, come, be with me. If you're thirsty, if you're hungry in life, if you need to be filled, come to the Lord. The Spirit and the bride say, come. Would you bow your heads with me this morning as we pray Lord, we want to remain close to you. We want to become even closer to you as you are calling to us and saying, come. If you're you're thirsty, if you're hungry, if you have a need in your life, or maybe you don't even realize that that there is such deep needs inside of us to find the creator, to find the one who, who has made us, Lord, you are there saying, come. And, and Lord, we, we come to you. And Lord, our prayer is this, that we would first come to you. We can't, we, Lord, we know that we cannot bring people to where we're not going. So Lord, we ourselves, we come to you and, and we say, Lord, would you help us bring others to yourself? Because your ways are pure and good and holy. And you have the living water. You have food that when we eat it, we won't be hungry again. Because you are God. You are the creator. And we worship you. Would you stand with me? We're going to say a prayer together. In Eunice in this prayer, we, we say this almost every Sunday. It's a prayer of confession, it's a prayer to get our hearts prepared for communion, which we're about to do. But if you would not just join me in saying these words, but praying them as well, most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word and deed, by what we have done